0: Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony and I'm Dan and we are JMJ missions spreading the gospel by all means one soul at a time We give live talks We make YouTube videos and you can find us all over social media and as you probably figured we have a podcast Whether we're giving spiritual tips Deliberating about current events or talking saints and devotionals We want to bring the Catholic faith to you in a totally orthodox yet relatable down-to-earth way If you want to support us head over to our website www.jmjmissions.com
1: all right welcome back to the jmj emissions podcast season three episode two today's podcast title is shutting down the seven deadly sins how we can shut those things down because they will get to us and if they are left unchecked they will absolutely kill your soul so uh just a little heads up we're going to go through each of the seven deadly sins uh we're going to talk about um like where it you see it most prevalent in society today, why it's so dangerous? and like a remedy on how we can overcome it because they do attack everybody. And a little random spin, uh, a comedic spin that we're gonna put on each of these seven deadly sins that you'll find out uh, later as we get to it. But before any of that, our stuff in the worlds segment, Ant, you got anything for stuff in the world? what's what's the topic here? Yeah, so a little, it,
0: a little small talk. Sure. So it's early September. And for a lot of people, that's their favorite time of the year. And that's because it's the start of the NFL season. So after my conversion, I kind of realized that sports is just entertainment. You know, when I was younger, I used to put way too much stock into it and care incredibly way too much. And I would be miserable if the Eagles lost or incredibly happy if the Eagles won. And after I kind of found the Lord, I realized, you know, this stuff isn't super important. It's just fun to watch. Um, But I don't think... The rest of the world sees sports in that light, especially football and especially in our country. I just I think it's amazing how 70,000 people can pack into a stadium and spend their entire day there. But, you know, like I don't want to sound like a stereotypical, like judgmental, like Catholic, but like not go to mass. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like it's that's so much time. And it's like for something that affects your life, zero percent, whether they win or lose, (laughs) like your life stays exactly the same. And also on top of that is fantasy football. Now I play fantasy football too, and it's fun. You know, I like seeing if my receiver gets a touchdown, stuff like that. But I think people are just too into this stuff, like just way too into it. Yeah, so
1: I I, kind of see what you're saying there. I, I think I'm mostly with you on that. I think nothing wrong with fantasy football. I tried one time to do it when I was a teenager, and I just kept forgetting to update my lineup. It wasn't for money, so that also puts some more motivation on you to update your lineup and stuff like that. Uh, I love sports uh, Aunt me, you and uh, Rocco um, have always loved sports. And our, our other best friend, Ryan, we always talk about play them all the time. I mean, I remember we played two on two. There's a there's a stretch of time where me, you, rock and Ryan played two on two basketball almost every day of the week for like four months straight. Yeah, even in the winter, to 70. In the, oh, yeah. In the mm-hmm. 20 degree weather, <laughs> up to, you know, knuckles bleeding yeah. up to 70. We, we we'd take halftime at four, 40 points in because we were like gassed and then we just get back out there. So I love sports. I think sports are great. I think fantasy football, fantasy sports, nothing wrong with that at all. But you got to keep it in moderation. But if you don't have God to anchor you down, yes, yeah, sports can become your God. Mm-hmm. And I think that does happen in America on Sundays, especially during football season. We're in September. So, it, you know, football season, as you said, it's 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 just started. Um, I still watch the Eagles every week. I watch other teams. You know, I still love the Flyers, Phillies and Sixers and like the Philadelphia Union soccer but um you have to keep it in its rightful place which is yeah it's entertainment it's a nice little distraction Mm -hmm. but um it can't be your absolute everything in fact we actually heard a couple stories we were talking about right before we started recording about some fantasy football stories dan uh, Danielle, you had a story i think you said you had you knew somebody or whatever i forget
2: oh yeah i mean and in this situation i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it but my friend's uh fiance he did come to like a party of ours later because he had the draft and it's like i totally get it like you know it was a fantasy football draft like totally get it um that was planned before my party which was super last minute but i do especially as a person that isn't into sports i do find it really interesting um how into it people get and i went to a football game once like years ago and i was just like this is so not for me i just remember awkwardly standing there and like I was just looking around at everyone and I was like, okay, everyone's standing. Let me stand. Okay. Everyone's sitting now. All right. Let me sit again. And then I'm like, Oh, we're standing again. This is interesting. Um, again, like it's something like that, yeah. Right. Right. That's probably how, you know, the football fans may feel yeah, when, like, if they go to church, you know, I'm like, Oh, I get this. It's fine.
0: For the extra point. Everybody kneels. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. yeah, exactly. Right. Extra point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys are saying, like, it's all, it's all about balance. And sometimes I look at that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, you know, you guys are gain so much more if you put, you know, half of that longing that you have for the football, like football and for your fantasy team, like into the Lord.
0: Yeah. And Danielle, was that you that said that there was a news article of a guy that missed the birth of his daughter? Because of a fancy football, that Dan, was right? Dan. That was
1: that was me because yeah. uh, <laughs> I was making jokes up about like you know what if I miss you know because I was we were just sitting around waiting for the baby to be born. It was summer, so school hadn't started yet. So I was playing a lot of pickleball, as we discussed in our last podcast. Huh. And uh, someone joked with me like, "Oh, you're gonna be there for the birth of your 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 daughter," you know, because my you know my wife and I, our new baby daughter was just born September fourth, uh, little Adelaide um so it's super excited but i was joking i was like oh my gosh you know gosh i hope not you know and somebody said hey it happens because uh somebody missed the birth of their their firstborn son or daughter or something like that because they were uh they had a really important fantasy draft that day and like that's where i was like okay i i I absolutely i think most people would say this i draw the line there (laughs) uh i would draw the line much before that too but it's just that's just crazy that people get so into it and i think if if whether you're obsessed with it that much or it's because you had too much money on the line either way that's a problem i agree you know you're either mm-hmm. putting too much money into it or your heart is just way too enslaved to it and you know what's weird though and like as you said before our conversions i mean i was 19 you were 20 when we had our conversion experiences um if you don't have god you're just so desperate for things to look forward to so in a sense you can't really judge people on it because i get it i i get that before i had god i didn't have i had I look forward to sports or whatever, video games, you know, whatever it was, Friday night parties, whatever, way too much because I was so desperate for something to look forward to. And that's where having God helps you so much because when you have God anchoring your soul down, you don't need something badly to look forward to because you have Him and you just have a peace about you. And so everything else, it's fine. Nothing wrong with sports or going out every now and then, you know, or video games here and there in moderation, but it, it takes its rightful place uh sound like uh Mufasa from the Lion King. Take your rightful place as king. Uh but it takes its rightful place uh behind the Lord and in moderation. Doesn't get in the way of your your problems and stuff like that. Your 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 the things that you really need to tackle in your life, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the gift of wisdom from the Holy Spirit that lets you know like we're not saying don't do fantasy football. We're just saying keep it in its spot. Like make sure God's first and then fantasy football after that. But also, exactly. Also, I think now we have to do a Lion King podcast where we each pick a character and just talk like that character. And I call, I'm gonna be Pumbaa.
1: <laughs> I'll be, I'll be. Not that I'm actually gonna do this because I just wouldn't do this. So sorry, I'm gonna shoot this <laughs> down. But if we did do this, <laughs> I would be Zazu because of his his British accent.
0: Danielle,
2: I'm trying to think who I can like actually talk like, but i probably just want to be Mufasa, <laughs> and I'll just talk. Really I thought you were gonna all say all Nala. I was thinking about that but i was just like i don't i can't grasp her accent yeah. or if there's really an accent Plus, so james, i was like james, i'll go
1: with it mufasa's james Earl jones the same guy as darth vader Are you kidding me yeah. like you can't beat that you know i
2: mean he was so great that for the live action version they literally couldn't find somebody better
1: <laughs> that's true i, he I was I heard in heard about the that. original
2: and for the live action or <laughs> live action
1: right <laughs> all right well interesting discussion from football to the randomly the lion king Uh, So we will take a quick break. We'll be right back with our topic, shutting down the seven deadly sins. We'll give some great tips, so don't go away. All right, we are back with our topic, shutting down the seven deadly sins. Now for centuries upon centuries, the church has delineated seven specific sins that will really get you. They will get you good if you are not paying attention to them. They are called the Seven Deadly Sins. Well, what are the Seven Deadly Sins? Can you guys name them off the top of your head? I got a list in front of me, so I, I'm i not going to because I'll be cheating. But I want to see if you guys remember them because they're so hard to remember sometimes.
0: Yeah, I'll name two. Uh, so how about Gluttony and Greed? Correct.
2: I always remember Sloth.
1: Okay.
0: Mostly.
2: Correct. Um... <laughs> and then pride
0: pride good that's what i was gonna say Uh oh um i thought you said fries at first
1: and I, <laughs> that would make sense mm-hmm. if we were talking about the deadly sins for your body and then wrath <laughs> yes. is another one wrath yep mm-hmm. yep yep um
2: uh, and then did we say envy yet
0: no we did not there we okay, go there's envy. one more and then one more the last one is lust did we already say lust i don't know no i don't think so <laughs> wait okay and then also greed. did
2: we say greed yeah did i was we gonna say, greed. Did we say greed? Greed.
0: okay oh you
1: said greed
2: all right we're, uh, so we're you having know, the a people hard time listening,
1: guys. the people listening to this podcast later will really know if you said greed or not because they can they can skip back <laughs> nice. i you know if i was if i was a listener i would never take the time to actually hit the little 30 second rewind back button but <laughs> 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 those deadly sins sloth greed lust gluttony envy anger slash wrath and pride. Now. Does anybody know why they are called the deadly sins? Why do they have that specific nickname? I don't know the official They're actually also called the capital sins. You can call it the capital sins or the deadly sins.
0: I don't know the official reason, but I do know that they can be hard to shake. Like if you struggle with one of them, they're they're not easy to to kick out.
1: Right. Mhm. Danielle, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Um, no, I actually don't know why they're I don't know why they're called the deadly sins, but um, I definitely agree with what aunt just said that like these are these seem like things that when people really get into them like they can't they're they're the hardest to like come back from
0: does it have anything to do with the wages of sin being death and these are like kind of some root sins um that would make
1: total sense but i asked that question you guys i have no idea what oh. i call the seven deadly sins i was just seeing if you guys knew although i have a guess i think number one yes they are really hard to shake but number two, um, my my guess is, and I'm, I'm sure this probably has something to do with it. Not sure if it's the main reason, but um, they can slip into your heart and mind without you realizing it. We tend to think of sins as like hard concrete actions that you do, like oh, I punched you in the face for no reason, therefore I sinned. Like yes, that's definitely a sin. Or like oh, I you know smoked weed you know for for a week straight, just. Because I was bored. Yeah, like it's something you did, and that's a sin. Um, But like, the seven deadly sins, those things like can creep in, They, they can almost be like feelings almost, rather than just hard outward external actions so they can creep into your heart and mind without you realizing it because you're not think you probably could think to yourself oh i'm fine i haven't done anything you know but as, as we know if if there's anger in your heart you struggle with anger whether you acted upon it or not whether you punched somebody in the face or not you know you still have anger in your heart and it will bring you down um, maybe you didn't actually cheat on your husband or wife, but if you struggle with lust in your mind, you still do struggle with lust. There's something attacking you from the inside, so it's almost like they can sneak in there covertly and get you without you realizing it. And I think that's why they're so deadly. They can they can sneak in so easily. Um, so and then many times when you struggle with these sins, uh, outward external actions do end up happening. So maybe you struggle with uh, with lust for a long period of time, and then eventually you do act out. When it gets the best of you and you cheat on your husband or wife or something, or you struggle with pride uh, for a long period of time and then eventually you flip out at somebody, you know, because they gave you a, a routine criticism that you needed. You know what I mean? Um, so they actually end up more often than not um, causing outward actions, outward sins in the end. So let's take them uh, sin by sin. We're going to go through where they are most prevalent in society, like where do you you think you see it the most today, Uh, why that specific sin is so dangerous, and also the remedy for it, and uh, our twist, our little comedic twist. Now, Anthony loves conspiracy theories. He's obsessed with conspiracy theories. He's always talking about them. I usually roll my eyes and just make him feel stupid for that, which I probably shouldn't do. That's probably pride on my part.
2: There you go. Messed (laughs) up.
1: Right. But one of these conspiracy theories, I don't know if you can call it a conspiracy theory. Ant, want to talk about it?
0: Yeah, sure. It's that the, the TV show SpongeBob, that the characters are based off of the seven deadly sins. Now, I don't know if, the, if Steven Hillenburg did that on purpose, but if you think about it, it actually lines up pretty well. So that's we're going to have that as like a little fun thing in our back pocket throughout this talk.
1: Yeah, we're gonna debate whether or not each of these characters really does represent the sin that Anthony is saying they represent, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. So let's break it down. The first sin that I got here of the seven deadly sins is sloth. Uh, I just I I thought this is a really good one to come first because um with the devices that we have in America, with the 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 um our phones, our tablets, our TV shows, um tons and tons of Americans uh, and people in the West in general, and maybe just people globally now uh probably struggle with sloth i know um it's something i'm tempted with a lot
0: um guys why is it such a dangerous sin i think it's dangerous because it's comfortable you know like we all love comfort and we obviously we run from being uncomfortable and being lazy being like sloth like is incredibly appealing and comfortable
1: sometimes i think that this kind of runs hand in hand with um like anxiety or woundedness um, because I feel like when you struggle with some deep wounds, now anybody can struggle with with sloth, but I think that it, it's it's even tougher to overcome it when you're struggling with like a woundedness or a, an anxiety of heart, because maybe you just don't feel like facing the world or facing anything that you that you really know you have to do. Like you know, may, let's say you're a 17, 18 year old and you got to apply for colleges, but you know you don't, you're just nervous about the whole situation. You're anxious. know you never got the affirmation maybe you needed growing up, but you're just scared of even even like facing up to it so it's more comfortable as you said aunt to just kind of sit around and watch your shows on netflix or whatever you know
0: yeah i i never really thought of it that way i think what you described might be more of a fear type of sin mm. you know like i mm-hmm. think rather than lack of being lazy because the person probably wants to do the things but they have a fear and i think that's different than just being like straight okay. up lazy yeah it's a valid, point. Mm-hmm. valid well, point
2: i'm wondering too if sloth could in in a sense go hand in hand with keep leading people to procrastinate like what you were talking about dan so it's yeah. like okay instead of doing this i'll just avoid it by doing nothing
0: right yeah. um
2: so in a sense you know i can see i can see it both ways but i could see that procrastination could go home, home with um, that every sin
1: gotcha mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense i think they're all tied in. i think a lot of times if, you're, if your soul's kind of running from god you're going to see a lot of these sins overlap and a lot of things kind of tie into each other mm-hmm. um so what is the remedy, you guys think, for sloth? Now, there's two types of sloth. There is just normal sloth, which we have kind of already covered, just kind of being lazy in general, not getting out, not get it, doing the things you know you got to do. There's also spiritual sloth in which a person just doesn't keep up with their prayer life. Um, I think most people today, spiritual sloth doesn't even cross their minds. They don't, They don't really think about praying very much in general um regardless of whether this is like practical sloth or spiritual sloth what do you guys think is like the remedy to overcome this you want to go first Danielle
2: I mean I I mean I guess it's kind of tough because I feel like when it comes to my spiritual life I am faced with this as well um but I think for me going to spiritual direction really helps um, you know, continuing to go to mass on Sunday, um, and just feed, like doing things that I know will intentionally feed my soul versus, um, do the opposite, um, you know, try to try to surround myself with people that you know I can talk to about my faith and that will you know kind of light the fire inside of me. Um, so I mean, that's kind of what works best for me. Like, I know, so I had spiritual direction last night, and um, like, usually when I leave spiritual direction, like, I feel the complete opposite of. What sloth like someone who has that like deadly sin would feel. But like prior to that, I kind of was feeling that way. Um, you know, so I kind of leave and I'm like, I'm ready for war. You know, like I always feel like super hyped afterwards. Um, which is you say ready for war or
1: ready for more? War. War, nice. Yeah. I like yeah. it.
2: I always tell her, I'm like, You are like sending me into battle, like you are just like a great leader. <laughs> and she's always like, very interesting. <laughs> but but um, but yeah, that's kind
1: of my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm gonna give two remedies. I think for practical sloth, I think like literally getting a shower. Like for me, like for guys, like shaving, getting a shower, putting clothes on, and getting your butt out of the house, getting yeah. out of like the couch mentality. We, you know, God designed a physical and a spiritual world. There's a lot of overlap between the physical and spiritual. And you'd be surprised how much better you feel, even if you didn't even say a prayer, uh, how much better you almost feel it kind of in your soul when you take the necessary steps practically to get out of the house and just get going. So I would say, yeah, like, you know, look good, feel good, uh, not in a vain way. You don't want to look good for everyone to like for your own attention or anything like that. That's a whole other problem, which we'll get to. <laughs> But uh, getting out of the house, getting a haircut, get, you know, shaving, putting on nice clothing, uh, whatever it is, and then um, just you know going for a walk, whatever,
0: always makes you feel better. It just snaps you out of a rut. And what I was going to say, uh, I'll just keep it quick, is in order to snap it, it's both spiritually and physically or practically, just getting started on whatever it is that you have to do. Getting started is the hardest step. So once you get started, once you take that first step, then the rest of it's easy. But it's just like psyching yourself up to do that first action.
1: Yeah, you got some momentum at that point. Um, And then spiritually, um, Danielle, you hit it on the head with spiritual direction. I feel that way when I'm done spiritual direction as well. For our listeners, if you don't have a spiritual director, usually a priest, but it can be anyone that is a very holy person that you feel is qualified, that obeys the teachings of the church, a sister, whatever. Uh, normally a priest but like i said it can be anyone and uh it's like a spiritual doctor's appointment spiritual checkup that is a great way to feel renewed and get your butt going spiritually again and i think also confession confession is probably going to come up a lot (laughs) with these sins but man like can you think of a better recharge where you feel totally new and refreshed like a spiritual shower i cannot think of anything better so i'm gonna say
0: good old confess so wait the spongebob character Oh, wait, the SpongeBob character. Aunt, which one is it? It's Patrick. It's a really obvious one. Patrick's super lazy. He just sleeps all the time. He sets his alarm for 3 a.m. just to eat a Krabby Patty. Like, he just <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Facts. So, he, he is definitely the lazy one.
1: Oh, boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> First time I actually saw that in the real episode, you know, who eats a Krabby Patty at 3 a.m. and also just shows him doing that. I like laughs so hard. For anyone that watches SpongeBob, our listeners, they will get that uh yeah you know what i'm gonna have to actually agree with you on this one and i Mm -hmm. do think if they if this is true because i'm not even admitting this is true that the spongebob characters represent the deadly sins but i would actually totally buy that that catholic catholic wow patrick (laughs) does does represent sloth that's a great one all right let's move on to our next one which is greed greed why is greed so dangerous and where do you see it most today you
0: think I think in possessions, everybody wants the coolest stuff, the coolest sneakers, uh, the latest technology, the newest iPhone. Um, Yeah, we just want more. Yeah, I think um, a lot
1: of the times uh, our whole society is kind of based around it. Like we have um, like every commercial you see, everything you see on the media, on social media, it's all trying to get you to buy something new. It's all purchase, 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 buy, buy, buy. And again, when you don't have God, kind of like how people can obsess over sports – one of the things that people most obsess over is money. They find their worth in it. They have nothing else to do with their time, so they just spend all their time trying to rake up, rake in as much cash as you can. Nothing wrong with having money. You need it to live. God knows you need it to live. You need to get a job, all that kind of stuff. But once it starts to consume you, uh, once that becomes your number one goal in life is to is to obtain money and it's not even for good purposes, or maybe you're rationalizing and you're saying, oh, I'm using it for good. That's what everybody says. But in reality, it's taking away your prayer time, your time with your family, your your, your health, um, always, always very dangerous. Um, what do you guys think is the remedy for this?
0: That's a good, I would think you would need a virtue. You would need like the virtue of generosity. And like, that's mm. something that you would have to ask Christ for. Cause if you don't ask, Perfect, if you yeah. don't, if you don't ask him for that, like you're not just going to randomly wake up and be generous with the, with, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I think just being, I mean, being aware of, um you know what you're using your money on and how much you're working and you know if that is taking you away from things um but I think that that awareness can make you more humble um I know for me like I grew up very blessed um and I've found myself in certain situations being like oh I want more or I want to do more I want to have like a really fun party or this or that and I'm or like You know, I used to get a lot of gifts at Christmas because, you know, I have a half brother, but like, you know, I was the main child in the house. So like growing up, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I need to humble myself and like accept and and ask for less and accept less and and realize, you know, that's not what it's about. Um, You know, just because and it was that was never the intention of my parents or, you know, of me. But I just realized, and I was aware of it. I was like, all right, you know, I need to humble myself in this situation to to have less, you know, greed and not, you know, be greedy when it's unnecessary because there's people that have nothing. So it's just the awareness that I think is really important.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great point. So we got generosity, we got self awareness, which takes a lot of humility, and I'm gonna say poverty of spirit. Um, like religious orders they take these vows of poverty chastity and obedience where like you know if you join the franciscan's for example as a monk or a sister you technically own nothing even if you get a job as a teacher or doing something your money goes directly to the community and this is actually saint francis wanted it this way for a reason it's because like this takes away all temptation for you to like start looking at money and material things as your goal instead of god so um saint francis kind of looked at the world and he was like you know everyone's always chasing after all these things there's only so many so many material things, so much money out there in circulation, and everyone's just competing to try to get as much as they can. You know what? I'm going to check out totally and not let it bother me, and I'm going to have more peace than anybody else, and that's exactly what he did. That's why these religious orders take these, uh, these vows. So I'm going to say ask for the virtue of poverty of spirit, knowing that if you have God and you're in his will and he's got a plan for you, then you don't need anything else, and he's going to take care of all the material needs that you have. All right. Num- oh, wait, we ha- we forgot our character, uh, character. again.
0: I was What's just going to say, this is an
2: obvious one.
0: <laughs> yeah, Danielle, you say it.
2: Mr. Krabs. Yeah,
0: piece of cake. Come on. Yeah, no contest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no contest. I would agree with that one, too. Mm-hmm. The, the, Mr. Krabs very much does represent the deadly sin of greed. One scene I want to mention <laughs> is uh, when um, Patrick starts working at uh, the Krusty Krab with SpongeBob. <laughs> and That's what um, you're going to say. Sp- Spongebob gives Patrick a job there in the Krusty Krab and Mr. Krabs is the owner and I forget the the dollar amount so don't don't misquote me here but uh, Spongebob says, oh Patrick, I'm so glad you're working at the Krusty Krab and at $20 an hour too when I started working here, I had to pay Mr. Krabs $10 an hour <laughs> or like, no, no, he said it was the opposite he's like, I had to pay him 20 bucks. you only had to pay him 10 so funny yeah. <laughs> to, to work there which is hilarious okay so <laughs> uh, number three, we got Lust. Uh, this one is really, really um, dangerous in society right now. Um, honestly, since the 1960s, our culture has really taken, it, and in every decade it's gotten worse, has taken a turn for the worse with lust. Uh, the culture has totally changed. Customs have totally changed. There's almost no modesty anymore. Uh, you open up social media, you open up TikTok, Instagram, TV, whatever. Pornography is widely available. Lust is um, in high supply and high demand nowadays. Um, And this thing will destroy your soul, guys. Why is it so dangerous?
0: I think just because it's, like, Dan, like you said, like, it's easily accessible. Like, you turn on the TV and, like, you just see, or even just on social media. It's, like, the stuff that gets promoted is stuff that's, like, not the most pure and not the most modest. So it's, like, always right there, like, at your fingertips.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I think that it's just so in your face and it's just everywhere. So... You know, why wouldn't people have that issue if it's just, you know, around us so often? I mean, even from TV shows, like, I know that I'm very cautious on the shows that I watch um, because there's, you know, certain shows, they just have, like, these long scenes that aren't necessary, and, like, all of my friends know, like, if I start asking um, about a show to watch, they'll be like, this show is not too sexy for you. And I'm like, oh, no, thank you. So like, they know, but like, it's important to be intentional with that because some shows it's like too much now. And it's, you know, it's like, you can get the point across without showing an entire scene.
0: I agree. Right.
2: Um, or without having people dress or women or people dress a certain type of way. You know, you can get your point across <clears throat> in other
1: ways. Um, yeah, honestly, on that note, like you said, there are so many great shows and great movies out there that have completely unnecessary like sexual scenes or like impure scenes that just like they don't need to be in there at all Mm -hmm. um otherwise great movies that it's like why did you yeah you really have to include that in there it's like totally pointless it's almost like the movie makers are afraid to be to be seen as prudes or something like that you know oh we gotta put a sex scene in there or else it's not a real movie like like who the heck decided on that (laughs) you know what i mean like that's like like no you don't that that's you don't need to do that at all, you know.
2: Yeah, like you me and my heartily? friend the other day, we were watching. Uh, we put the movie Bridesmaids on, and like the first scene in that movie is like this entire <laughs> scene, this entire. Oh, I'm to go sex watch scene. that movie
1: right away now. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> and, but I, I was like, this movie would be so like, it's a great movie, but like <laughs> literally, they could have done just fine without that whole first scene. Yeah. It's like, so unnecessary.
0: So, um, what's the remedy here, um, for for lust? I think to focus on the humanity of the person, rather than what the person looks like, thinking about like, okay, like they're a real person with a soul, like they have joys, like desires, dreams, wishes, like they have real things, because like right. less removes the fact that they're a person. And it just makes you not think about that at all. And also, it, it's, right. it's selfish, because you think about what you can get. Like, you know, it's like a very inwardly focused, uh, deadly sin.
1: You know it's interesting. Pope Francis and especially John Paul II before this, John Paul II called it the culture of death. It's like you don't see the humanity and the life, the life of the soul, of the other person. You're just seeing what you can get out of people. You know, Pope Francis calls it throwaway culture. But you know, pornography, lust, impurity, it really is part of throwaway culture. I'm just going to see you for what I can get out of you. Do you look good to me or not? And I'm going to toss you at the end. It totally removes the humanity of a person. John Paul II said the opposite. Of loving a person isn't necessarily hating them, because at least if you hate them, you're re- you're seeing you're recognizing they're a human being that could actually cause you pain. He said it's not hating; it's using them, because when you're using them, you're not even seeing them as a human anymore. You're seeing them as a thing for your pleasure, which is sick. So that's why lust is so dangerous. And I'm glad you said that. What SpongeBob
0: character <laughs> represents lust? Before that, real quick. Uh, if lust is a struggle of yours there's a couple of saints that are like just rock solid to go to oh i'm sorry yeah we forgot yeah. to do the remedy i'm yeah. sorry yeah, so i think that would be saint joseph <laughs> like saint joseph is, is the probably the perfect saint to go to if if that's a struggle of yours and do you know any others yes. uh dan or danielle
1: saint maria garetti mm-hmm. uh great saint to go to you can look up her, her story uh, any of the young saints which would have struggled with lust, uh, men and women, especially – it tends to be especially a guy thing, but it could go both ways. Aloysius Gonzaga, uh, there are many saints that you could look up that um, can help you with uh, lust, especially the Virgin Mary, and the reason the Virgin Mary is so key here is because she's so pure. Mary represents exactly – like. You know, every Marian apparition and in the devotional cup, I'm sorry, the devotional cup (laughs) segment that comes at the end, I put a lot of Marian apparitions in there that we might randomly choose when we choose from this cup. And the reason is because almost every single time, in fact, it might be every single time Mary appears to somebody, the people that see her are just in absolute awe of her beauty. They say she's absolutely gorgeous, by far the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. But it's not the beauty that we think uh, of—the very superficial, you know, um, overhyped beauty that you see in the media. Um, It's because that beauty is radiating out from her soul and into her body, into her face, and because uh, her soul is so bright with God's love and so pure, it's like a wholesome beauty that just eclipses anything else out there. One of the visionaries at Medjugorje said, "How are you so beautiful?" To her, and her answer was, "Because I love. Because I love." So if you struggle with impurity, it might be inhibiting your ability to love other people genuinely so ask the blessed mother for a little bit of jesus's love which was so strong in her for that to hit your heart so you can start seeing people in the pure way see their soul first before their body is the best way to put it mm-hmm.
0: okay go ahead Aunt. what's the character this one's spongebob now this one's a bit of a stretch um Because the way that I
2: yeah, I was just gonna say I don't know about that. Not too happy with this
0: SpongeBob. And here's here's why because SpongeBob going to the club, you know, trying yeah. to pick so people up. His his <laughs> lust is for the Krabby Patties. You know what I mean? Like where they they consume his mind, and that's all he cares about. So obviously it's not a human or a sponge. Yeah, but yeah. it's like the Krabby okay. Patty. So that one's a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a stretch.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna say I wouldn't buy that in the slightest bit. But that's okay. <laughs> I yeah, do but- I do see what you're saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Krusty Crab employee video, he is worshipping a poster of a Krabby Patty, there you so go. I can see it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I would say that's case. more of a false god. I wouldn't say that's lust, yeah. but hey, hey, I mean, like, to each his own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so funny, because you can't see we're on Zoom right now, but Danielle is literally doing the worshipping. <laughs> yes, yeah, I Like, she's literally worshipping I'm acting the it up. <laughs> All right. We have ch- uh, time for one more quick one before a break. Number four is gluttony.
0: Uh, why is gluttony so dangerous? Where do you see it most, guys? Because, like, Chick-fil-A is so good. Uh, and, like, <laughs> it's Popeye's. It's just so good. Like, Max. Five Guys, <laughs> Smash Burger. Like, it's just so easy. Uh, you get a giant burger and fries and a shake. Like it's and that's, I wouldn't classify that as gluttony. But, like, it's just because like, food tastes good.
2: I mean, it's also difficult in America because our large is, like, obscene compared to (laughs) in other places in the world. So, like, I think this country has made it very very easy to be a glutton.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. Before the last 100, 120, 130 years or so, did you know that meat was, like like, a really precious thing to have for most people? The only people that ate meat up until the West, Western society, in modern times were kings and nobles and people that were really, really, um, wealthy peasants, normal middle-class people hardly ever had meat. They'd eat meat for big celebrations a couple times a year, maybe, you know, they had one cow out in the back and they'd kill it and they'd use it <laughs> to eat for the next couple of weeks or whatever. And that was it. So that's why the church actually has feast days for, um, that's why you don't, you don't you give up meat on, on, uh, during Lent because that's considered to be like giving up a celebratory thing. Uh, so uh, we'll get back to the, um, the SpongeBob character that is associated with gluttony and the remedy for gluttony in just a second. Don't go away. All right, we are back with the Sin of Gluttony, four out of seven. Uh, just a little heads up to the listeners. The reason I randomly went off right before the break about like meat and the availability of meat and Lent and stuff. It's just to hone in on the point that in America now today, last 30, 40 years especially, uh, just tasty food that's not necessarily good for you is just more widely available than it ever has been in history. (laughs) And the point being that when you have a society that's kind of drifting from God, and it's not anchored down by God, you tend to look in all kinds of other directions for your happiness, and that will cause many people to look for their comfort in food uh, and in drink too. I think alcohol would fall into that as well. So guys, what is the remedy for
0: gluttony? I think the practice of fasting because fasting is so hard, but it puts your spirit in control of your flesh. And if you can get used to doing that, then you'll probably not overeat as much. Great point. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan? Anything?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, you know, especially in terms, you know, I I used to just think of it in terms of, like, rent. Um, and then I learned that you can fast all year round. Um, you know, which is kind of a silly thing to not realize. But, you know, I'll admit it. that i didn't know that um you know that's one thing that i do love about the faith is one of these different types of things that you can do um things that you can offer to god and so on
1: you know we could do a whole other podcast on this but fasting is like a secret weapon of the catholic faith it's like it's like a super prayer i call it like a prayer on steroids because god sees how much love that you have when you pray like the thing that moves god's heart the most is the love contained in your prayer for others and when something hurts, like fasting, you're putting yourself through a little mini suffering for somebody else. There's a lot of love contained in there, so it's like a super prayer. So if you mm-hmm. have a special intention, uh, fasting is a great thing to do, along with helping to temper your passions as far as food and
0: drink. Uh, all right, and what what character from, from Spongebob represents gluttony? This one's a stretch again, kind of like Spongebob, but this one is Pearl and i don't know if pearl's gluttonous i just know she's a whale and like that's not like <laughs> you know, it's not really her fault <laughs> like you know what i mean like
1: <laughs> man you're you're losing me now you i know mean, yeah i wasn't really
2: sure <laughs> i wasn't i was almost wondering if she could probably fall more so under like the category of lust but like or greed you know because her dad is mr crab so apple doesn't fall far but it's like (laughs) yeah that one is that one's more of a stretch than spongebob because yeah i I, I I feel feel like patrick
1: his love for the krabby patty yeah i feel like patrick would definitely definitely represent uh gluttony more than more than pearl just because he's always eating stuff you know that scene where like they both have ice cream bars and all of a sudden spongebob goes um Where's my ice cream bar? And Patrick's just, his whole mouth is just covered with <laughs> ice cream. So he ate both their ice cream bars and didn't realize it in the one second. And he, and he claims up and down he didn't eat it, and he really doesn't think he ate it. Now, that is when you're gluttonous. When you're eating things, you don't even realize you've eaten them. Right. <laughs> That's when I you got to al- do a little heart check.
2: I also think of the episode where Squidward tries a cabbie patty for the first time, and it just, like, goes to his hips, oh, yeah. and he's just massive,
1: Um, which yeah. is just great. <laughs> One non theological point about that episode is when SpongeBob's like, Oh, Squidward, you got to try a Krabby Patty. He's like, No, no, no. He's like, But it's good for you. And then Squidward's like, Oh, that processed stuff? No way. And he goes, No, no, no. I mean, good for your soul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: nothing wrong with a little comfort food, but I just would like to theologically say that any kind of Krabby Patties or, like, I'll say, fried red meat. <laughs> uh probably not good for your body or your soul as long as long as as long as you keep in moderation you should be fine yeah <laughs> just had to had to give a theological take on that as long as you're not
2: worshiping in a poster of a cabby exactly yeah.
1: that's true all right so pearl no no chance at all i don't buy it all right number five <laughs> just, just just to recap and throw it in Ann's yeah. face one more time um, <laughs> number five envy envy okay where do you see this most in society today, Envy, and why is it so dangerous? Social, pop- media. Oh. Yep, social media. sorry. Social media.
2: I the same thing. Yeah. I'm in your head, Dan. Um, but yeah, social media for sure because we're scrolling and scrolling, and we're looking at what our friends are doing, and it looks like, oh, wow, they're having a great time. I wish I was having a great time, when in reality, they may not even be having a great time. We just – go out of our way to take pictures of like that highlighted moment or like, even if people are miserable, like I notice a lot of times you may go to a an event and everyone's just kind of sitting there and then someone whips out their phone and they're just like, Oh, blah, blah, blah for Snapchat. And then they film everyone. Everyone's like, yeah. And they act like, you know, it's the best. And then after that <laughs> totally video is taken, yeah. it's just like,
1: like your are back uh, you to know, just I've, like chilling. I've noticed that so many times like you go out everywhere and I hate to say this, this is such a teenage girl thing, but this is what happens every time it's like, oh let's take like they, they look so bored their faces are totally straight faced they look like they're having the worst day in the world then all of a sudden you see them getting a selfie and like do duck faces and like do this like happy like yay pose mm-hmm. and then as you and then as you said dan as soon as the picture's over they go right back to their straight bored face like it's the most fake thing you've ever seen in your life yeah nothing against that i mean we all should smile for pictures it's better than just like looking like a prison photo <laughs> Wait, um, dan dan what but, do they say what do they say during that pose again i'm not gonna say it again <laughs> And you know what? Our <laughs> listeners can just rewind like they did before to see if you really said greed to hear me say it again. Hopefully they don't do that. A little embarrassing, but it's good to help my pride, you know, help keep that in check. That's a whole other another deadly sin. All right. So anyway, yeah, I think social media, you're right. We, and we are in another age that historically that's unprecedented when it comes to envy. I mean, envy's always been there. People have always been getting jealous of other people. Look at Cain killing Abel, you know, literally the 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 first ever major sin. After Adam and Eve, the first ever murder was because of Envy. So it's always been there. But with social media, with likes, with follows, and comparisons, and stories, people are um, the temptation to Envy is much more prevalent, I think, than it ever has been, especially for the youth uh, who are on these things, who don't quite know who they are yet, the youth that I deal with constantly. So what do you guys think is the remedy for this?
0: Gratitude. Also, Ooh, that's yeah, a good one. thanks. Also, a fun fact about Envy is most sins have a quote-unquote upside. Like if you cheat on a test, your upside is that you get a better grade. But envy, um, Dan, I might have learned this from you, but envy is the only sin that does not have an upside. There's, I no, have, you, you gain yeah. nothing from being envious. Where other I've sins, heard you, that. You, you kind of gain something, even though it was a sinful thing. With this, you don't gain anything. Um, so the remedy, I think, is just being grateful for what you have and you know, keep your keep your like eyes and your heart and your mind on things above, not on what's here.
1: Yeah you're right and that's a great point because um it is something I I think I have mentioned in the past like you know sins don't give you real as you said you don't actually gain anything from sins obviously uh but they at least make you give you this false sense of feeling good envy doesn't even give you a false sense of feeling good like like look at sloth you know oh you get this false sense of oh i'm just going to sit around and do nothing all day and that can Seem to feel good for a second every other capital sin greed lust gluttony you know same thing like oh i'm getting to eat this this chick-fil-a sandwich right now it tastes so good you know it's my fifth one but it still tastes good like you know um envy doesn't feel good at all you know even like if you're angry at somebody like oh i'm gonna get back at them it'll feel good to get back at them envy feels terrible that's a great point point, Aunt. glad you said it uh and what do you think is the remedy gratitude Gratitude. you said okay yep all right um I think it's a good one. I can't think of anything better myself. Thanksgiving's mm-hmm. coming up in a couple of months, so good way to keep your envy in check is <laughs> to be thankful. Um Spongebob. Anything Bob. you want to oh yeah, which Spongebob character? Go ahead. I'm ready. Pl-
0: plankton. This yes! one is, is very sure fire. Like this is definitely yeah. Plankton. Yeah,
1: yeah, Plankton is definitely envious.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. All his, all his attempts to steal the secret formula. So wait, so Danielle, if you had to convert Plankton what would you say to him? Like you had a, like an opportunity to sit down with Plankton and like bring him to the Lord. and like Well, him it would hand.
2: start with the Krabby Patty secret recipe.
0: <laughs> you would give it to him?
2: I wouldn't give it to him, but that would kind of be, I would use that in, in a sense to, to uh, maybe get him to listen and then right. we'd go from there. But the thing is, is that if you look at the fun episode where SpongeBob becomes Plankton's friend, he really does want friends. And so, you know, like I think that in that moment, if Spun, like let's pretend that was SpongeBob. In that moment, he could have been converted in that episode. You know, he might have said "F" stands for fire, but we could switch it over. (laughs) Maybe he meant fire. You know, fire Fire to be on on fire fire for the faith.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> U is for uranium bombs, he says. <laughs> and,
2: and N is for no survival, so I don't know about that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, Dan, that's actually really funny that you mentioned that he wanted a friend because I was going to say for my remedy for uh, envy, a lot of it is community. Because when you have a supportive group of people around you, that's what the church is for, for example, like a young adult group that myself and Anthony and Rocco joined that really changed our lives, some really awesome down-to-earth people. When you have community surrounding you, a loving family, loving friends, you get the sense that you don't really need much else, Mm -hmm. uh, and it can really, really tamper down your envy. And then also prayer because prayer always brings peace. And when you have God in your soul, you have peace, and you get the feeling that like, oh, I don't really need much. I have the Lord. So envy kind of just falls by the wayside. Number six uh i personally this is just my opinion i feel this is the second most deadliest sin for somebody's soul and that is anger or wrath and i would kind of include unforgiveness in that unforgiveness uh why do you think anger or wrath or unforgiveness whatever you want to call it why is that so dangerous and where is it most prevalent in our society what do you guys think
0: i think a lot of times it comes from pain like people aren't generally angry for like out of nowhere like, yeah. as their first instinct, it comes from being hurt in some way, in some form, and then that generates the anger.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I get the sense that anger, uh, un, like, does deciding I have to forgive somebody, uh, it's very dangerous because um, it hits home so, so closely. Like, what, and you mentioned pain. Why is it, are people pain so much? Because usually someone close to them hurt them. You know their father left or, or or their best friend backstabbed them or they got cheated on by like a, a really serious relationship they were in. like what whatever it is, family issues, friend issues, but someone really close to you betrayed your trust, and that goes hand in hand with pain and fear. And because there's so much pain and fear, you don't want to get hurt again, so you put up walls rather than forgive. And I feel like unfortunately, what happens when somebody is struggling with that pain and fear and unforgiveness, the anger, they unintentionally put walls up to God. When you put walls up in your heart, it, it's it's just harder to feel God's presence, His peace, and His love. Meanwhile, when you forgive somebody, when you let all that pain out, um, you know, the only person that wins there is you. You know, you're not giving the other person anything. You're just winning because you're you're getting rid of all the things that are bringing you down. Like, would you rather be hold on to a grudge and be unhappy and not at peace and not not whole in yourself your whole life, or would you rather just forgive while you can? While you're still alive, while you still have time, make peace and then find your peace and happiness again because you can feel God's grace kind of flowing through you again. So I think that's why it's so dangerous because you can really unintentionally block God out when you block out everybody else. And it really
2: takes so much more effort to – I mean, yes, it can take a lot of effort to forgive someone in the situation. But just like anger is a lot of work to like feel angry and to feel upset, like that upset. Um, it just like is really draining, maybe not necessarily a lot of work, but it's like it's draining, you know. Um, versus forgiving, you know, going through kind of that suffering in the moment of forgiving someone and then going from there and being able to move forward because you're just letting go of that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Like they'll just hold on to it forever. Um and it it only kind of like drags you down with it. Um yeah.
1: Um, my my remedy for this is to look at Jesus on the cross. Because if there was one person that had the right to feel, and I don't know if anyone ever really has the right to feel angry, technically in God's world, his perfect picture of things, but if there's anyone that could have felt angry about something, it was him, (laughs) the most innocent person to ever exist being crucified. Uh, And what's he doing while they're nailing him to the cross? Like I remember the scene in the Passion of the Christ, he's like crying and they're nailing him to the cross. And what's he saying? Father, forgive them. They don't Mm -hmm. know what they're doing, you know? Um, He's the most vulnerable person ever. We get scared to forgive because we we get scared of pain. We get scared of um, letting people in. We get scared of negative things happening again. But if you let Christ in your heart, you're not really scared of anything negative happening because you know, hey, everything's God's will. I can offer things up. You're not really scared of pain as much. You're not scared of being hurt as much. I mean, he was betrayed by Judas. So when you have him with you, knowing he's never going to betray you, you can kind of put up with other people betraying you. You can put up with pain, and because you're not scared anymore. You kind of have nothing to lose, and you can then forgive. So I think meditating on Christ crucified um, is the probably the greatest thing somebody can do who's really struggling with uh, a lack of forgiveness. And yeah, Dan, you mentioned it's hard. It's really hard to forgive, um, it, but it is a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work to be angry to it. what mm-hmm. uh, I think I've heard it said that like there's exponentially more muscles required to frown in your face than to smile it's a lot easier to smile i think the lord wired things that way for a reason because the same god that made our bodies in the physical world also made the spiritual so if you want to like let go of that weight you got to make a make an act of forgiveness for whoever hurt you and face whatever is is plaguing you you know anything Mm -hmm. else you got in
0: uh no i just think like you guys said the the remedy is forgiveness and some people think that they are they're never going to forgive someone for whatever they did and then i think of maria Goretti who forgave the guy that was stabbing her to death so it's not impossible and be honest with yourself like you don't have to be like oh i forgive them and but not actually do it like tell god that you're having a hard time forgiving them and like bring that to him and then he'll slowly you know open up your heart
1: yep Mm -hmm. and one more thing that i want to say from dealing with people that have been hurt by family members and whatnot when you forgive somebody you're not telling them it's okay you're not saying like if someone punches you in the face when you forgive them, you're saying, "Oh, go ahead, punch me again. It's totally fine." You're right. No, no, no. Like they're wrong. You you have to acknowledge that they did something wrong to forgive them. But what you're doing is you're saying, oh, "I'm not going to let this take me down. I'm going to feel sorry for you and pray for you rather than hate you." You know. Now you might have to stay away from them so they don't punch you again. You're not you're not saying it's okay. You know, because people say, "Um, oh, what they did is not okay. I'm not forgive." Well, no one's saying it's okay. You know what I mean? So it's it's just one a little note for those that are struggling. Like you know, it, it we're. No one has to say that it's okay what they did. You can acknowledge that they hurt you badly, and you have to acknowledge that that they committed some kind of big sin against you, but you're just not going to hold on to that hatred anymore because it's bringing you down.
0: That's a good point. I think that's why a lot of people stay away from it is because of that whole okay line. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so what character from SpongeBob... (laughs) So on that serious note, we're going to go right to SpongeBob. What character represents uh, Anger or
0: Wrath in SpongeBob? (laughs) This would be Squidward. And I think this one's not as strong as the strongest ones, but it's not as weak as the weak ones. He's always in he's always in a bad mood. He's just like a, a downer. Squidward. He's just like he like hates going to work. <laughs> he hates being SpongeBob's neighbor. Like, <laughs> he's always mad.
2: I have a Squidward neighbor in real life. It's great.
0: <laughs> Is his name Squidward?
2: <laughs> it's not Squidward, but I'll just call him Squidward for now. But I try to be lovely to him. Maybe I'm yep. his Spongebob.
1: <laughs> you probably are. Honestly, what's the jellyfishing episode where they continuously <laughs> force him to go jellyfishing and like absolutely being like literally killed by the jellyfish? And then Patrick stabs his hand with the with, with Firmly jellyfish
2: grasp, grasp it. Like, yeah, firmly grasp
1: it. Okay. Squidward, Squidward had very good reasons to be angry. And did he forgive? No, but that's why it's not Squidward who's your who's your model, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs>
2: that was
1: Yeah, Yeah. so actually I I do think Squidward does kind of line up with Wrath a little bit because of all the trauma that Spongebob and Patrick unwittingly (laughs) and unknowingly put him through. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and number seven, uh, the deadliest of all the deadly sins. And many church fathers, many theologians have agreed with this. What is it, guys? This one is,
0: yep, as Danielle said, Pride. Comes before the
1: fall. Uh, Why is Pride so dangerous? Where do you see it most in society?
2: Uh, Dan, when you said he com- comes before the fall, I'm thinking the season. My brain is like totally in fall mode, so <laughs> don't mind well, me over here. Almost fall now. Almost
1: fall. <laughs> um, the reason for that pride is the, the greatest and deadliest sin is because there's a little bit of pride in every single sin that you commit. Every one of the other deadly sins we've talked about, sloth, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, and anger, you have to have some pride in you to commit it because what you're saying when you commit any sin – Any sin is, God, I don't want you. I know better. I know it's going to make me happy. I need X, Y, and Z to be happy. What you've outlined for my happiness is not good enough. And having you as my father, having you as my savior, having your spirit in my heart, having your saints as my guides and Mary as my mom, that's not good enough for me. Having the Eucharist, your body, blood, soul, and divinity, having your forgiveness, no, 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 that's not good enough for me. I need what I need, and I'm going to decide what's right and wrong. And so there's at least a little bit of pride, whether it's conscious or subconscious, in every single sin that we commit, including the other six deadly sins. So it is the source of all sin. Adam and Eve, uh, when we say pride comes before the fall, (laughs) it's because they thought they knew better from God. That's why they ate Mm -hmm. the the fruit, and that's why they fell. So pride is what caused uh, original sin to enter the human race to begin with. Uh, Where do you guys think you see it most in society? I mean you kind of see it
0: all over, but (laughs) – I think it it really shows its head when people are unwilling to apologize for no matter what it is that they did like I I, there's sometimes for people it's like incredibly difficult to admit their wrongdoings and I'm not gonna act like I'm perfect in that but I I think that's literally pride like if you have an inability to say like to look at someone and be like my bad I shouldn't have done that that's a that's pride like in its fullest.
1: I think everybody in every single relationship, uh, intimate relationship, can can agree with that. You know, you always want your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend to apologize. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And you're like, what? You know, yeah. but then we have to look at ourselves too. You're right. Yeah, we have to continuously keep ourselves in check that way. Um, if yeah. if there is if there is something genuinely wrong that you did that you have to apologize for, like you should apologize, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big lack of accountability for oneself nowadays. So uh, I think that that's you. To, to look at it that way to just you know look back at moments and be like all right I probably should apologize for this but even when someone's apologizing to you sometimes in that situation it's like all right let me look at myself too and see what you know why that person got to that point with me you know and and sometimes that both people aren't in the wrong necessarily but still you know there, there's a there's a lack of that there's you know everyone's just it's just about them um, and they're not thinking about others um you know there's there's less apologizing nowadays if you know yeah. if there's any
1: yeah um so um i think else. of also cancel culture there's so much pride in cancel culture with all these people that are trying to be woke like that'll just absolutely obliterate someone for a mistake they made as if they're perfect you know almost all, all these embarrassing mistakes to people like, like like let me give you an example uh the the f- infamous oscar slap by will smith okay that was a horrible thing to do. Like that was like really embarrassing and terrible, and I'm not condoning what Will Smith did at all, but I'm sorry like we all commit sins whether it's as intense as that or not. Like that nobody knows about. Like poor Will Smith committed made a horrible mistake, committed a sin, and it was broadcast throughout millions of, you know, millions of people throughout the US. We all commit sins, so how dare we stand up there and say, "Oh, I what a horrible person." Like it's just people showboating to seem good, to seem self-righteous, and that's pride. You know what you need to do is just pray for Will Smith, right? Say, "Oh, that really sucks. Sorry, he did that." You know, I'll pray for him. He's probably going through some stuff. I'll pray for his relationship, and I'll pray for Chris Rock, and hopefully, mm-hmm. this whole thing just boils down. And he's not I'm not perfect either. That's the perfect response. But what you see with cancel culture is just people trashing each other for their own benefit to look good in front of others. And Jesus was really, really hard on people that did that. If you look at the gospel accounts, Jesus had, had no part in people showboating their righteousness in front of others. And that's literally what cancel culture is, is opportunities for everybody to showboat their own righteousness by dissing people who commit sins that they probably committed in some way in their mind or in their heart or in other ways uh, in, in their own. There's just nobody knows about it, you know? So, um, yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think is the remedy?
0: It's the like the crystal virtue. It's humility. You know, like, knowing your place and, like, knowing that if there is any good in you that that comes from God, it's not because you did anything to earn it. And if there's, any, if there's anything that's bad in you, like, you're a human. You know, like, so don't be so shocked. Like, just shake the dust, move on, try to improve it, and just, like, let God help you. Like, yep. because pride can go both ways. Like, you can be uh, super prideful that you did something amazing and become inflated, or you can commit a sin and feel too much contrition, if that makes any sense or if that's possible. Like, you're supposed to feel contrition, but... If you're absolutely shocked at your sin and like you just uh, ruminate over it over and over and over again, you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. It's there's a seed of goodness in that, but also it's like, don't be so shocked with yourself. Like you're a human yeah. with a fallen nature, confess it, move on, forget about it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call that contrition. I would call that obsession with your own appearance of yourself yeah. to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're obsessed with your own idea of being a perfect self, yeah. whereas only God is perfect. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's a great point. Scrupulosity, there's even some pride there. Um, Right? So, uh, I, again, I think it's so freeing to know that Jesus was the perfect one. Now, that doesn't take away our responsibility to try to be perfect. As Jesus says, like, do your best to be a, a holy saint, you know? But remember, you're not perfect. You're not God. Jesus was the one that took on your sins and your sufferings. So knowing that he's everything and that he's the only one that's truly good and righteous, if you get if you get criticized for something, just don't worry about it. Whether it's true or not, you got to try to let it. That's something I have to work on when I can criticize for things, especially if I, I – things that i haven't done or whatever you know um i try to just let it go you know what i mean and just don't don't get it defensive just think all right well if i did it i'm sorry if i didn't well i, I don't it's whatever it doesn't bother me and um jesus is is the only good one anyway i don't have anything to prove to anybody you know and through knowing that you're loved and knowing that jesus is in your soul you tend to become a better person anyway so there we go uh any last comments about pride before we get to the spongebob character
2: I just think that we tend to like put everything on ourselves. It's like I did this, I did, you know, I accomplished this task, and so on. Um, you know, whatever way people would say that, but like, you know, we we do have to always bring it back to God. I think that's so why it's so important to like reflect on your day um, each evening to just really be like, you know, thankful for everything that God has given you in that day. Because without God, we are nothing. Yep. Um, and. We need to
1: realize that. Honestly, the greatest example, I think, human example of, of the virtue of humility, which is needed to counteract pride, is probably the Blessed Mother. Because as we know uh, through, our, through our faith, through the doctrines that are infallible, Mary was sinless. So Mary was the only quote-unquote perfect human being, but even she knew it was Jesus' grace and not her. That's why in the Magnificat, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Even though she was perfect, she still needed to call Jesus her savior because our teaching says that Jesus went back in time. His what he did on the cross, like the merits that he gave us by dying for us, his blood, it like went back in time and made her perfect. So even she knew being pretty much per- well, perfect by all human standards, it wasn't even her. It was Jesus. So if she could be completely humble about her status in life and not think she's better than better than anybody, and call Jesus her savior and just thank God twenty four seven. Then we I mean, what's our excuse? you know what I mean? we are imperfect and and it's gonna we're we're gonna sin it's gonna we're gonna mess up. It's our job to limit it and not take ourselves so seriously. Let Jesus forgive us and just try to be a saint
0: as best we can. All right, what Spongebob character represents pride? This one is Sandy, and I would put this in the middle of the pack because she's really pride or proud of Texas <laughs> <laughs> is Is it a capital sin to be proud of Texas? I, t- maybe Yeah, Taylor. because
2: then all of Texas is as a, is at fault right
1: now. Yeah, is all of Texas going to hell? Oh, man. We, would have to we ask. just lost so many listeners. <laughs> we gotta ask
0: Taylor from Forte Catholic. We gotta ask that <laughs> question.
1: Taylor, because you're from Texas, are you going to hell? Because that's where Sandy was from, and she's apparently prideful.
2: Well, I think um... that she, like, everything she does, she tries to be the best. Like, there's that whole episode where she's trying to do everything better than, you know, every other SpongeBob character. Um, from when she, like, you know, takes off her suit and is trying to hold her breath longer underwater to, like, all right. the different things that she was doing. So she was just trying to be the best, trying to be the best, like, putting all of that on herself, um, you know, and so she realized that she couldn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, like come the, on. I like the episode when she's hibernating and SpongeBob <laughs> and Patrick are just freezing cold. <laughs> and, like, they, and they riff, like, like Patrick rips like, one hair. Or, no, SpongeBob rips one hair off of her and Patrick's like, SpongeBob. I'm a big man. I need more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that episode's crazy.
1: Like, come on, Sandy. Like, put yourself worth in Christ, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: come on. All right. It's not uh, all about karate. So, you're right, not the karate. Or <laughs> you're right, holding your breath. All right. Uh, so, uh, that was the seven deadly sins. We're going to take a really quick break. We've gone way over time, but that's okay. Holy Spirit, whatever he wants is what's going to happen. So we've gone over time on this podcast, but we have a little more coming for you right after this break with the Da Botional Cup segment. Don't go away. we are back with our last segment of the podcast thank you so much for joining us so far the devotional cup the reason it's called the devotional cup as we explained last podcast of our new season uh is because danielle's uh initials are da for danielle avila right and uh, the devotional cup um you know would normally be named that but we decided just to put her first two initials as the beginning of the segment the devotional cup so thank you den for having those initials and i will now because we're doing this through zoom and we're not live uh, in person i'm going to be shaking the devotional cup i'm sorry devotional cup and uh hopefully you can hear it and then danielle is going to read whatever devotion catholic devotion or apparition or whatever marian apparition whatever shows up here we go
2: the crucifix
0: have a question yeah you know, are we st- are we still gonna add that fun music sound at the crucifix because we do the, like bump it a up
1: well you didn't hear it but it's already in there
0: yeah our, our right. listener our
1: listeners as far as they know as far as we know our listeners have already heard that little <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting rid of that song that's a good little sound all right fair enough yeah <laughs> all right the catholic crucifix a, a specific symbol of catholicism there by crucifix you know of course when you hear of a cross that's just the cross that jesus was crucified on uh, a symbol for all Christianity and a beautiful symbol. But a little more specific to the Catholic faith is the crucifix, which, as p- most of our listeners probably know, uh, includes Jesus hanging there on the cross. Um, the crucifix, I, I want to say sometime in the medieval ages, uh, became the main symbol for Christianity um, and uh, – or for – for well, for Catholicism, which was the only Christian branch for branch for a long time. It's a beautiful, beautiful symbol – um why is looking at a crucifix or meditating on a crucifix so powerful guys
0: i think it's because it's it's love like that's love in, in its entirety you know, and it's sacrificial it's it's selfless and it's really a representation of all of the virtues that counteract the deadly sins
1: right um, it, it's it's funny because a lot of Protestants, uh, and like I said, we're not anti-Protestant here. There's a lot of we share the same baptism, and as much as I love the Catholic faith, and and do think that in God's perfect timing, I think everyone will be and should be reunited, uh, in, in, among among the, the the Catholic faith. Um, you know, a lot of Protestants do criticize Catholics for the crucifix. They said, "Why would I, I don't want Jesus on there? He's dead. I don't want Jesus on the cross. That's a that's a that's a sad thing. Jesus is dead. I, I have a resurrected Christ," and of course. Catholics believe in the resurrection. It's the center point of our faith. The Easter is the uh, most important holiday of the Catholic year. The church, like, officially says that, you know? But that's a misunderstanding of the crucifix. We don't put Jesus on there because we want to be sad because he's dead. It's not like, oh, let me put Jesus on the cross and just be sad for a little bit. It's because, as you said, Aunt, the greatest way to love somebody is to give their life up. And that's what Jesus did. When you look at Jesus, you see someone who is completely vulnerable on the cross, who made the greatest act of self-gift and love that anybody could have ever made. And when you look at that crucifix, you realize what you're worth. You say, okay, you know what? All these deadly sins, they come from pride, us putting our happiness in our own selves and, 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 other, and things that don't actually make us happy, are putting the value of our souls in all kinds of different things. And what the crucifix says is, no, you are important because God loves you and this is how much he loves you. Look what Jesus did for you. The greatest act of love in the history of the world. And it shows that God um, kind of took on all of our sins and just ate it. That's what the crucifix is. It's God just taking our sins like a champ and just eating it, you know? <laughs> um, So it's just the greatest symbol and a perfect symbol uh, to meditate on. In fact, it was the symbol that we mentioned is the best thing to meditate on when it comes to anger or wrath because – um you know, he, as he's being crucified, he's forgiving those that killed him. So greatest act of love we could have ever hoped for. And it shows us what we're worth. And that's why the crucifix is so powerful. Do you guys have anything you want to add to that?
2: Um, I was just going to say that, you know, that kind of perfectly sums up this whole podcast because the crucifix is just like, if you look at all the deadly sins, it's the perfect remedy for all of them. Um, so it really sums things up perfectly.
1: It's actually a great symbol of forgiveness, too, because what do the deadly sins do? They kill your soul. And what do all of our sins do? They kill Jesus. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not that negative because it's something he wanted us to wanted to go through so that he could show you, hey, look, these sins might kill you. But guess who beat death? I did. And I'm with you. And as long as you have me and in in my grace in your heart, then when you die, you don't really die. So, yeah, the wages of sin is death. We are all born with sin. We are all going to die a physical death because of that. These deadly sins can kill you, but because Jesus has beat death, which you see in that crucifix, death will not get the last word with you as long as you keep him in your heart. And I think the greatest thing to do is go to confession. So if you guys struggle, our listeners, with any of the deadly sins that we mentioned, maybe a good little exercise, spiritual exercise, be to think of the one or two you struggle with most. Just remember, number one, God's got your back. That's confession. That's forgiveness. That's a new start. And number two, it's nothing Jesus has not beat himself. I love how how the Holy Spirit just always comes full circle with these devotions. Okay, well, anybody but me is going to speak now. Um, So, uh, I don't know. Uh, Anthony, do you want to do the closing prayer? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, dear mm-hmm. Lord, we thank you for this time together at to a podcast. And Lord, we just ask that um, if anyone that's listening, if they struggle with any of these deadly sins, uh, that you show them the way out. Let them know that the by staring at the crucifix, by inheriting your virtues— that they can overcome even the staunchest of these deadly sins and we ask this all in your name amen amen in the, name of the father and the son and the mm-hmm. holy spirit amen god bless
2: bye guys